What if it rained food? What if Earth was a cube? What if we had nine lives? What if bits could fly? It's absurd. If money grew on trees, if we didn't have knees, if we walked through life slightly magnetical, it's absurd. Absurd hypotheticals. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show where we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. Are you guys ready to get down and dirty and into the thick of another fight episode? I am ready to rumble, if that was your question. I also am prepared for rumbling. I, I think I'm prepared for tumbling. I'm not, maybe not full on rumbling, but I can definitely at least do a tumble, which should be enough to get us through here. So what we are doing today is we are doing another random superpower fight episode. I had an urge to do a lightning sound there for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I did <laughs> not lightning I think I, I think I introduced that the same, like in the same intonation I do for our lightning round episodes. Might be why that's in firing off those brain synapses there. Yeah. But a little bit about how this works. So we have go to the absolute wonderful website, powerlessing.fandom.com, the superpower wiki. And we will hit random page three times to get three different superpowers that we then turn into a unique superhero or, you know, villain or super character concept. And then we face off these three heroes against each other and argue about who would actually win in the fight. And we create little fun backstories for them. Exactly. Full disclosure, this website is absolutely buck wild. This is, this fandom wiki is like, has a page for every little side power like implied power like there's just so many weird things taken to be as superpowers and put on this website it's pretty awesome i think they'll see that demonstrated today (laughs) yeah it's you'll see what i mean immediately after (laughs) the first one of us starts going on about their uh, about their superhero but other than that like i said we we argue about who's going to win once we've argued through and gone through some different scenarios we'll assign each fighter basically a percent chance to win and then we spin the wheel to find out who actually wins the fight and then that fighter takes their victory laps and tell us how this fight actually happens but without further ado chris you have been selected as the person to tell us about your hero first yes so i'm going to i guess we usually just start off with the backstory and then i get into the powers i'll start the backstory so hansel adams is a petty street criminal who is good with his hands. His nickname is Handy Hansel. And he actually uses his handy skills to lockpick. He's mastered lockpicking. So he, like, picks doors and he breaks into people's houses and steals stuff. Um, That's his petty criminal life. Um, But he was actually so good at this that he catches the attention of classier criminals. A team approaches him and they come to him with a proposition for a job. Apparently, they're planning to rob... Or they're, they're planning a heist, and they need his skills, his lockpicking skills. So they tell him what they plan on uh, stealing. It's going to be like a sample of a newly discovered element from a mad scientist lab, and the element is called dangerinium. So it's extremely valuable because it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> because it's dangerous, not valuable and dangerous, valuable because yeah. dangerous. Not because it was just newly discovered, it's like the only instance of it. It's because it's dangerous that it's valuable. <laughs> so 
they tell them they come up with a plan and their plan is obviously overcomplicated and convoluted but they have like a large team to do this so they have like a tech guy a demolition guy a driver a hacker a pickpocket an acrobat a grapple guy an alarm guy an inside man a helicopter guy they have hansel who is the lockpick guy they have a whole bunch of other people but most importantly they have a mirror guy which, which is a guy that specializes in mirrors obviously um, and the reason they need a mirror guy is because the dangerinium is stored in a laser room with a lot of lasers that like set off alarms and stuff so they need his mirrors to reflect the lasers it's like they come up with a plan and on the day of the heist they go through all the steps and eventually they make it to the laser room where Hansel, he needs to pick the lock to the, the laser room. So he does that, but they're all actually all wearing full body hazmat suits because the dangerinium is so dangerous and they need protection from it. So they're wearing like hazmat suits and gloves and helmets and everything. Um, and he, the gloves that he's wearing, it actually makes it very difficult for him to pick the lock. And he gets frustrated with it, and eventually he decides to ditch the gloves. He just tosses them aside, which allows him to successfully pick the lock. So he opens the door, and the second he opens the door, he sees the dangerinium, and he's like awestruck by the dangerinium, and it's all of its glory that he can't even let go of the door handle. He's just gripping it so hard, while the rest of the team charges into the room past him, unfazed by its glory and not awestruck as him. And the mirror guy does his thing. He sets up all of his mirrors, and he reflects all the lasers and stuff, and he clears a clear path to the dangerinium. He grabs the dangerinium sample with his protected gloved hand, and he walks back towards them. He has dangerinium on one hand. He has a mirror, one of his mirrors, in his other hand. And as he's walking back, he trips over the uneven floor and tumbles to the ground, sending the dangerinium and the mirror flying through the air. Now, through all this, Hansel is still awestruck, so he's still just kind of standing there, gripping onto the door with his bare hand. <laughs> and it's like, it all goes in slow motion. He sees the dangerinium and the mirror slowly coming towards him, and eventually the dangerinium, the mirror, his hand, and the door all come in contact simultaneously and the dangerinium fuses the essence of all three elements together, the hand, door, and mirror together, and imbues him with the powers of all three. And he becomes Handyman. All right. I like how this, I like how this, this story was read basically probably how it came in your mind where you're like, this, okay, perfect. This, this, this. And the mirror. Okay, and this, the mirror. This, I need a mirror somehow. And the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see why I need a mirror. So... Yeah, I'm sure it's one of your powers. Take a detail. Okay, so for my first power is hand physiology. The user with this ability either is or can transform into hand of any shape and size. Um, and then its limitations are... I, I just wrote this down because I thought it was funny. So the limitation says, the user that is only a hand might need external assistance from other beings to move because it is a hand. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, basically I can just transform into a hand, or I am already a hand. I'm going to say that I, I can transform into a hand, and I'm actually going to ignore that limitation. I'm going to say that I can move around on my own. I don't need assistance from others. The way I imagine it is I'm basically just walking around as you would walk your hand around on, like, a table. Like, wrist, wrist in the air, like, on the fingers, like a spider? 
Yeah, like on your middle finger and ring finger, and then I guess you have... Oh, like that. Oh, okay, I see. Like a person, a bipedal person. Yeah, that works. Yeah. And then I was also thinking that I can, like, I can't necessarily fly or, like, hover, but I can do, like, hand motions. I can, like, slap and stuff without having to worry about, like, balance. It's fair. So that's my first power. My second power is door mimicry. So the user with this ability either is or can transform into doors. <laughs> so I can transform Does into hands. Does have the same limitation? <laughs> uh, I didn't write down the limitation, so I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a pretty good limitation. You're yeah. a fucking door. But they did say that the user's transformed form is either anatomically identical to their normal form. So they have like organs and stuff. Or they're alternatively like they're a homogeneous thing so like they're just door material i don't like the idea of me having organs while i'm a door so i'm gonna say that i'm just a door (laughs) i i similar similarly don't like the idea of my door having organs so i'm in support (laughs) of this interpretation yeah i'm coming i'm I'm like coming down strongly against organs yeah (laughs) organs so yeah that's my second power if you want to call it a power um and then my third power this is where the mirror comes in is called reflection manipulation so the user can create, shape, and manipulate reflections by controlling and or using mirrors and or reflecting surfaces that can be used to reflect or redirect attacks. It also says that users, the user can turn the reflections into real objects slash beings and can turn mirrors and reflections into prisons or like storage areas. I don't necessarily know exactly what that means, but I guess I can like trap people in mirrors, I guess. There's a big difference between a prison and a storage area. I guess if you think about it, it's <laughs> not, not really. that big of a difference, but contextually, there's a pretty big difference. <laughs> yeah. And I think the the turning objects into real things is basically just like I can duplicate things, I guess, um, if I'm like reflecting it and then I like pull it out of the mirror or something. So this is probably like my useful power. Because obviously I can reflect things. If you're shooting things at me, I can reflect them. I can duplicate things with my making things real. And then I can trap people in my mirrors. Um, And that is Handyman. So, Marcus, who is your hero? So, typically I do the same thing you do and start with the backstory. But I think this one is cleaner to explain if I go the other way around. (laughs) Because they're they're a bit disjointed. So, it's more about making them into anything you're saying mine wasn't disjointed (laughs) well yeah because it's just a hand there's no joints (laughs) hands have plenty of joints don't think about the joke just laugh at it It has like the most (laughs) joints as anything in the body don't worry about it (laughs) marcus what do you do well my first power is actually somewhat hand related also organ related is just called reattachment um, which is the ability to reattach severed or removed organs and limbs I can do it to other people or myself, but it's not like attach anything to anywhere. It's just like a reattached thing. It's like a regenerating thing. I see. So if you get cut up, then you can reattach it. Yeah, yeah. If my arm gets lopped off, I can just put my arm back on. So your 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 arm falls off, boy. I'm fall arm fall arm falls off, boy. Tm tm. Um. <laughs> oh no, arm falls off, boy is a real thing. That's a real thing. Wait, what? <laughs> it's gonna be in a movie soon, right? <laughs> yeah, he was he was in um, Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, and he could pull his arm off and hit people with it. That was his superpower. Oh my! Why does he look like like a lobster? 
He's got arm condoms. Don't don't ask these questions. They're, they're freaking like textured. It's weird. <laughs> He's got I don't textured know. arm condoms on. And the sound it makes is plorp. Anyway, what else, what other powers do you have? <laughs> um, somehow an even dumber problem. The next one is cloth removal. The ability to remove the clothes of others. So this is this is very much based on the use cases of the known users. This is very much a basically a fan service manga anime power where the main character, you know, is able to like take all the women's clothes off for all those those fun, fun scenes that people like to click on. Limitation might also accidentally remove own clothes. Important to keep in mind. Um, and I think my favorite example was the character Bullhorn from the um, from Black Dynamite has rhyming grooves so sweet and alluring that it literally causes women's panties to drop. And that's, that's his cloth removal power. I'm taking mine as, like, I can, you know, like, snap my finger or something and, you know, destroy other people's clothes if that happens to be relevant. God, I hope so. And then my, my third one here is actually, like, a real power here that, that might that's going to be useful. Sentient weaponry. The power to wield or create sentient weapons. So this is like the whole range of like talking swords or like, you know, guns with AI in them. Basically the whole gambit between magical and technological intelligence in weapons. I did like, I also like the limitations here because something I just found kind of funny. A sentient weapon may experience a moral conflict from its specific nature as a weapon or may function as the villain, which through its intelligence is able to gain power. <laughs> so there's a slight risk that my weapon's like, man, but I'm just made for killing. What the heck, man? It may try to kill its wielder or provoke to a great extent. The weapon's goals may differ from its users. For example, if it's trying to kill me, it might, it might be a different goal than I have. Or the user may have to earn the sentient weapon's trust, which I'm not going to apply to my character here what determines what its goal is it depends on what how smart you make the weapon like you know and what it wants to do with its life i guess <laughs> how does anyone determine what their goal is asking for a friend <laughs> yeah so that those are my those are my powers so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go through my backstory now how i kind of plug this into an end state jack zimmer wanted to be a cop it wasn't that he had some like heart-wrenching childhood trauma that motivated him to like seek out justice more so, he simply thought that law enforcement was woefully ineffective at bringing down big-time criminals. He thought he could do it better. He thought he could do most things better than most people. And really, he was clever. He got good at, like, manipulating less clever people. And he got used to taking clever shortcuts. And at the same time, this kind of made him an arrogant dick. So he was really the only one that was surprised when he got kicked out of the police academy for cheating on exams. So after that, that crushing disappointment, he went out drinking, got blackout drunk... And through mysterious circumstances, to be revealed later in one of the sequels, he woke up in an alley with his newfound powers intact. So what did he do next now with these powers? Rather than go back to the system that he felt had wronged him, he decided to take the law mostly into his own hands by using his powers to trick criminals into getting videoed in compromising positions. For example, he could use his sentient weapons to kind of create videos where his target looked like they were attacking somebody. And he could even have it, <laughs> you know, chopping off someone's arm, which he could then later reattach, I guess, after they were arrested and sent to jail. <laughs> like, hey, I'll attach, your, I'll attach your arm later, but you just gotta go to court first. Or he could use, like, his clothes removal to imply that there were some weird sex crimes happening. Or, you know, all three at once. He, he, he could make it so a crime boss looked like he was nakedly chasing somebody with a samurai sword. And, like, chopping off their legs. And then he would just call the cops, you know, or take a video, call the cops, and then they would have all the evidence they needed to put these people away for crimes that they totally did. And so 
all that. He kind of gives himself a nickname. He's like, he's less of a hero, more of an anti-hero. So I'm not sure how many other people will use this or how public his persona is, but he calls himself the compromiser. Also, if you, if we have to pick a specific sentient weapon for the fight, I've decided he has a machete with a mustache named Mustache. Okay. Love it. Wait, what, what was your mechanism for how he got his powers? Uh, mysterious circumstances to be revealed later in one of the sequels. Okay. <laughs> so a cop out. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't have a clever toxin or dangerium that, that would grant these particular abilities all at once. Because it's kind of like the reattachment is more science-y, the cloth removal is more magic-y, and the sentient weaponry is more like he learned how to do that over time. And so I was kind of putting those pieces together, and it ended up being not interesting <laughs> when I was writing, so I deleted it. Okay. <laughs> save, save, save everybody the time and the trouble. Ben, tell us about your superhero here. So Ronald McGoggins uh, was a clown. <laughs> uh, he did not go by Ronald McGoggins, of course. <laughs> he needed a clown name because his real name is too normal. No, no. He was, of course, Bonko Raggins. The clown. <laughs> Wait, so Ronald McGoggins is his re- his legal well, name. Yes, his and his given Bonko Christian Raggins name. Is yes, his nickname. His, his stage name is Bonko Raggins as a clown. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Ronald slash Bonko was not a particularly good clown, and he was not a very successful clown. Um, he tried. Um, he specialized in balloon animals. He was not good at them. I didn't say he was good at them. He specialized in them though. Uh, mostly it's snakes, worms, eels, etc. <laughs> he tried, but he was not good. And he was he was very sad about this, uh, Bonko was. And so he, he got really drunk one night. And he was trying to figure out some way that he could, he could spice up his act because he just couldn't handle how, how poorly he was clowning. And he got really drunk and he decided what he wanted to do in his heart of hearts was to turn himself into a balloon animal. So he decided the best way to do this was to get a tank of helium and just go to town on it um, unfortunately he didn't have the money to buy a tank of helium because that you know it's just expensive there's a shortage yeah exactly uh but fortunately that's sort of a side gig because he was a failing clown and definitely needed a side gig he engaged in some light robbery so this night he was you know as we still very drunk he broke into a party supply store and just stole a tank of helium you know wheeled it out got back to his place and just went to town on it passed out and slipped into this deep deep trance and in this trance he was visited by the holy trinity of clown deities that's right it's jack nicholson as the joker heath ledger is the joker and joaquin phoenix as the joker oh my god <laughs> this makes me really upset that you were asking for for clown deity names before the podcast to plug into your and notes. then i told you i came up with a way better idea and i think i did <laughs> You're not including Jared Leto's Joker? No one talks about Jared Leto. <laughs> he got kicked out of the Pantheon. But uh, he said, oh, oh wise, oh, wise clowns, can you help me be a better clown? And they said, no, you're a really bad clown, but you're an okay criminal. So we can't make you be a good clown, but we can make you be a great bad clown. And he was like, sure, I'll take it, you know, whatever, fine. And he woke up. And suddenly he had he had these powers. And this is where I'm just going to transition to talk about the powers because I didn't think of a good way to transition into this. So his big power, I will say, the sort of the rest flow from, is uh, bodily aspect enhancement, which 
as listed in the Superpower Wiki, is very broad. Um, especially as saying that like the user can select any attributes of their anatomy, biology, or physiology and focus on slash enhance them, which covers a lot of ground. There were a bunch of applications. The one I grabbed was self-density manipulation, which the idea is just basically being able to manipulate your own density. And what I said is that he can reduce his density down to basically, you know, like being a gas. And then obviously increase it back up to, to normal. He can't increase his density. I said he can't, you know, just how he can't do that, but he can decrease it and sort of go from very low density to normal. Flowing on from that, the other powers that kind of come with that one is weakness change, which is the very descriptive power to change slash shifts one's weaknesses. Um, the idea is that you can like relocate your weak spots to elsewhere on your body. I'm saying the kind of way he does this is by shifting his density and then like, you know, moving like his heart to his knees or some shit. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you're about to get stabbed in the Dorgans, you can just Yeah, can just, just like drop them, them all down. It's easy, you know? Perfect. So you can do that. It's not like foolproof, but he can, you know, sort of shift things around to minimize the damage on things so you can't eliminate your weaknesses but you can move them no exactly he can he can move them around so if you like you know blew him up or something can't do much about that but if you were to like you know try to stab him he could like shift stuff so and then finally there is physical disruption which is the power to damage tangible matter by phasing through it and the idea is that basically this is is like someone who can become intangible and then become tangible again inside of something and damage it. So I'm saying here it's like he's he's becoming, you know, he's reducing his density to the point where he can like move between things and then going back to normal and like plorping stuff. So those are his three powers and now he goes by the almighty bonk and robs banks, I don't know, whatever. He's a clown criminal. You get the idea. You've seen a Batman movie. It's at some the point. bonk robber. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all his heists are bonk heists, <laughs> no matter where he's robbing. So are all three of us criminals? Uh, yeah, apparently. Wait, Marcus, are you a criminal? No, my guy was trying to be a cop. He's an anti-hero. Oh, okay. He's technically within the law, I guess. I guess he's fabricating evidence, technically. Like a vigilante? Or he is a cop, so he's not a vigilante. I mean, it's not his fault the system is broken. If someone has a video of you stabbing someone with a sword, it's up to the jury to decide that it was a sentient sword. <laughs> I mean... It's makes a very compelling argument. Anyway, I don't think we talked about this beforehand, but I'm assuming, as always, we are going to fight in Central Park. Yeah, it's a it's it's a good as battleground as any. Do we want to fight in a place where there are doors? <laughs> <laughs> there are there are like bathrooms and there's porta johns out I there. I guess sure. There's there's buildings. There are buildings around, Ish. kind of. I guess I'm allowed to leave Central Park and go to the buildings bordering it. <laughs> yeah, we've done that before, I okay. think. There's, there's little doors on the hot dog stands. That's kind of what I was thinking, <laughs> too. Yeah, like, there's definitely some, like, semi-permanent buildings there that have doors. You know, there's stuff around. Is the manhole a door? Uh, no. No, doors have hinges. Yeah, they need a hinge. I think that's the qualifying thing. You need a hinge. Okay. Or a slider. You don't need a hinge. You could slide. You don't need a They're hinge. sliding doors. Doors doors stay attached, though. If you pull a thing away and there's a hole, it's not a door. It's just like something blocking a hole. Yeah, I agree. A door is attached to a hole. Anyway. <laughs> Does anyone kind of have a plan to, like, effectively attack anybody I with anything? don't have a plan. <laughs> I The physical disruption is actually, like, legitimately a weapon. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Like, 
So I don't have any like attacks. I guess I have my hand attacks where I can like slap people <laughs> and flick people. That with, is like, true. Human sized hand. Are you weirdly are you weirdly the equivalent of our typical baseline like bear that happens to show up? Like <laughs> instead you, of a bear to except, hand. Except yeah. that there is something that is stronger than your average human that has to be dealt with. Oh, I, I forgot in the, I think in the description of my power, it does say any sized hand, but I'm limiting myself to like a human sized hand. Like not by, by what you mean, not the size of a human hand, but a hand the size of a human, right? Size of a human. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Important clarification. <laughs> One very fun thing that you can do is that when I reduce my density, you can wave your hand back and forth and blow me away. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you got that going for you. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to. Should I say that I'm allowed to do smaller hands too, if I want? I okay. Legitimate question. I don't know what, if that would give me an advantage. <laughs> that's what I was just going to ask. Is there any benefit to being a smaller hand? I mean, I could hide. That seems to be my best technique is hiding <laughs> with the mm. door thing and the hand thing. So if I can be a smaller hand. <laughs> <laughs> I I will become a one square inch hand and hide myself under a peanut. Like I'll say my minimum hand size is my like a human size like uh, <laughs> I can range from human hand to human sized hand. Yeah. Yep. So normal sized hand to a uh, hand the size of a human. <laughs> That's my range. I love it. This is very good. Okay. <laughs> Man, how do we even start this one? I mean, obviously my obviously my most useful power is the reflection thing. So, like, if you try to shoot me with anything, I can reflect it. Unfortunately, no one no one has anything to shoot at you. I don't think. I can duplicate things, which I don't know exactly how I would use that. Um, man, I don't know. So, like, like, so how? How does this? I don't even know how this starts. I feel like we usually have like. <laughs> All right, let me let me start with yeah. Let me start with let me start with this. I I think what I have I have I have my machete named Mustache, and you know I I assume like kind of just like a couple knives along with it that are sentient. So I I have like some knives. <laughs> yep. And I'm gonna come after one of you. <laughs> Who wants to who wants to offer themselves up first? Oh yeah, I also kind of assume that I have like a bunch of mirrors, like handheld mirrors sort of things. Well, technically all your mirrors be handheld. Hey. <laughs> I can turn back into a human, by the way. I know. <laughs> anyway. Well, if that's your best option, you might be in trouble. <laughs> right. Right. If your best option is I could also not use my powers and be a normal human, you might have to be <laughs> Right. So who do you think you're gonna attack first? Because I think or it has to be someone that has an attack that goes first. I don't have an attack. Yeah, my dexterity is high, so I'm going to go first. And I am I feel like Balloon Man over there is like my natural target with sharp objects. Do you just also happen to hate clowns? Is that like just an un, unmentioned uh, character trait? Um, You know, I, I feel like I feel like Jack Zimmer, you know, a.k.a. the compromiser. I, I think he probably looks down pretty harsh on clowns like. He's too smart to appreciate, like, you know, slapstick humor. He's like, look at these look at these idiots, just, like, scraping by. So I can't imagine he likes clowns at all. That's fair. Just just a healthy disrespect for them. So he's taking on the clown first. He's taking on the clown first. So I come at you with these knives, Ben. So you can, you can be light. Yep. And you can, like, ghost punch, kind of. 
yeah, I can, I can, how do I say this in a way that doesn't sound terrible? I can put myself inside you. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't it. (laughs) I decided to commit to it. (laughs) Are you putting limitations on your phasing power thing? Um, I don't think it's instantaneous. Like, is there a time limit or something or? Okay, so there's a delay. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the, probably the big one is that is that it's kind of like a, you know, inflation deflation kind of thing to go with the theme here. Okay, so it takes like about the time that it would take to inflate a balloon. <laughs> yeah. So it's not particularly useful if you're moving. <laughs> Man, we got some interesting powers this time, huh? Yeah, these are some of the stranger ones. Yeah, these are some things. I mean, this is, this is one of the first times where I've taken, I'm like taking like two of my powers being like, I don't think they're going to come up at all, even if I can just, like, try and construct a scenario where they're relevant. Right. I like that basically your thing is just like, well, I have knives, and they happen I have, to I have... I have some sentient knives that are helping me out. Yeah, I, I have knives, knives with names, and... I mean, it's not nothing. It, it is not nothing. So how does their sentience help you? Like, That's what I was going to ask as well. Do they just, like, yell stab him a lot? Is that kind of it? Because, like... <laughs> I, I I imagine them that they have um like their own mobility like they they can they can magically move around a bit, not that they just yell encouragement like a. <laughs> oh, in my mind, it was a hundred percent to yell encouragement. <laughs> okay, so if you throw them, then they can sort of guide their aim a little bit. Yeah, like they can they can like I imagine them more cartoony than than like you know disembodied voice on a magic sword. I see. Okay, so if you're throwing your knives at Ben or at the almighty bonk what would your i mean you'd probably try to either phase through them or like fly away or yeah or or i mean if nothing else i could even just like shift my vital organs out of my center of of body and uh, yeah i mean i feel like you're pretty well equipped to deal with his knives yeah knives knives are not the most threatening thing for the almighty bonk i don't think i don't know maybe i'm mistaken in that but yeah and then I guess the only th- your power is actually a problem for me too because, or actually maybe not. So you you punch me and you explode some of my my stuff. I I can reattach it. Like if you go through like an arm and do that, I can reattach that arm. That's true. It applies to organs. It is tricky though because it is obliteration. Like it's more obliteration than like severing. Like it's like if you punch me in the chest and explode my heart. It's not like I have to just reattach my heart. My heart is like missed right <laughs> at that point we were also so we're also saying so for saying there is a delay on the like phasing back in it won't just like you know pop it it'll kind of just like shift it away which isn't good still but it's not just like you know no it's still pretty bad you know what there's still an arm in your chest cavity that's not good no matter how you slice it's not great. it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I feel like we kind of have a mutually assured destruction thing where, like, I stick my arm through you, and then it phases back in, and then my arm is stuck in you, and then you, like, cut off my hand with your um, your machete. And then I won't reattach it because now I'm mad. Right. <laughs> All right. I think it's definitely I think it's a definitely advantage Ben in that. Yeah, I would say advantage fight. Ben in that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, by a decent margin, like, like 70 I was going to say, like, 70-30, yeah. That seems fair, because depending on like the on the rate of your, whatchamacallit, of how quickly you can change density and stuff, I could still just stab you a bunch, right? Which well, is there's, there's also like there's so many so many places you can put vital organs before eventually one of them gets stabbed. 
Yeah, but you have like multiple ways to dodge his knives. Like you could use your phase power to. That's true. To just make them go through you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that one it's kind of tough. Like, although it, yeah. it it works in the reverse too, where if the knife just like hangs out where your organs are while you defaze <laughs> right. them, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to rephase them eventually. <laughs> exactly. He's just tra- he's just trapped in this eternal standoff where there's just like a knife, <laughs> like right, like right in your chest, and you're like, well. Gonna have to wait for that to go away. Right. He could fly. He could fly through you, and the knife would have to go through you. Hmm. Ah. Uh, Inception or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's the plot of Inception. Yeah. Totally. All right, Doorman. Uh. Yeah. So who am I fighting right now in this? <laughs> why don't you pick? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you pick, Chris? Who you want to fight first? Who do you um, have? I probably have a better chance against Marcus against the Compromiser. Okay. I mean, I don't have an attack, so I have to wait for you to attack, and you, your attack is projectiles. Or it can be. Like, you, I assume you're throwing these, but you don't have to. If you're throwing them, I can reflect them. Can you reflect, like, a knife? Or is it, like... I mean, it says, like, attacks in general. I don't... It's vague. I mean, they probably mean, like, more, like, energy attacks, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give him this one. <laughs> yeah, the thing is i don't even think it's i don't even think it's the i think like the strongest asset you have is that a big hand is a lot of muscle yeah I could at least yeah i could at least trap your knives in my mirrors yeah like maybe you could use like the the mirror power to trap the knives and then there's like this big hand i'm fighting and then you don't have knives anymore and you don't have any more useful powers because a hand doesn't wear clothes <laughs> <laughs> the hand is naked as the day it was born <laughs> We never told you, but that hand has been naked the whole time. <gasps> and then the other case is that the knives aren't trapped, and I just cut up your your fingers pretty. If if I cut up off, can I have a cut off a finger and you turn into a door, and then I reattach your finger? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if I turn into a door and you throw your knives at me, like it'll go into me, but I don't think it'll like kill me. It won't like it's not a fatal blow. Yeah, I mean, you don't have any Dorgans, so, I mean, I can't, like, get a critical <laughs> right. hit. If you throw a knife at a door, the door is generally okay. Yeah, there's, like, a tiny hole in me, maybe, but yeah. then I'm okay. So you can you can absorb the knife throws, at least. You got, you got that going for you. Yeah, so I can withstand the knives. I still have no way of attacking you. I guess my hand, like, I'd, I'd use hand moves to attack you, but then I have to turn back into a hand. And hand moves? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it makes me think I should have brought more knives. <laughs> well, I brought more mirrors. <laughs> I I kind of just, just hear myself, so I don't have anything extra to bring. I brought some balloon animals. Yeah, I, I don't super I don't super buy the, the mirror the, the, the that mirrors reflect knives. Like they don't ref- I'll say they won't reflect them, but they can trap them. Can my knives break the mirrors also? If you don't have the power active at that time? I mean, if I don't have them, uh, yeah, the power isn't active, but... I mean, that's going to be a lot of bad luck right there. I assume I'm going to keep the power active. <laughs> I feel like the, like, door to absorb knife hits is also decent, honestly. Yeah, because then I have your knife. I basically steal your knives. And then you change into a human hand-sized hand, holding a knife. <laughs> and we do you have, like, a way to guarantee your knife's allegiance to you? I mean, we've been through a lot together, taking down big crime syndicates. I don't think I need more disadvantages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would say we have. I, I would say definitely me and Mustachi go back well enough that it's not a problem. Like, 
my side pieces I, I don't think they'd you have to give them a pretty good reason to betray me okay i don't know if i have any good reasons <laughs> i mean they have a good reason of stabbing you where it's like oh god what is this giant hand person <laughs> well hand like i'm i'm built for them or they're built for me <laughs> no you're not you're too big well i can be a smaller hand Aha, i've tricked you now i'm just gonna <laughs> stab you <laughs> Aha, he's very clever my character so the way we're talking it sounds like me and marcus are pretty even like it doesn't really sound like either one of us has an advantage over the other yeah it yeah. feels pretty close to me i'm, go I'm gonna put it down 50 that, that 50 seems here fair. all right hand versus clown man <laughs> So again, I have no way of attacking you. You don't. I feel like you're in pretty bad shape against the almighty bonk. Yeah, my one chance is to trap you in my mirror, I guess. Yeah. Not even that. The the it's actually I think your door power actually can't counters the 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 phase punch. Oh. Because if Ben tries to punch you and you turn into a door and then his arm exists, now his arm is just in a door. That's mm. true. I've trapped you in my door. Ah. And then I don't know what I do after that, but I've trapped you in my door. You open violently. <laughs> you slam it, and then you slam it shut. I guess that's about it, huh? <laughs> Just open and close right. very rapidly. Yeah, I guess I, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. That's kind of the one, that's the one way. That, that works. And then... Yeah, I mean, it's more than I expected, honestly. I guess, is there is there any way... I was trying to figure out a way you could, like, deceive me into not approaching while low density when you were a hand. I don't think so. You're just a big hand. There's not a whole lot under the surface there. If you're low density, I could, like, flick you away. That's true, yeah. <laughs> flick me away, wave me away. Yeah, you're going to have a tough... Ben, you're going to have a tough time dealing with just a big old hand bear. Yeah, you actually are surprisingly effective against... I would have a lot of mass, I think. Yeah. I think if I can sneak up on you, which is difficult because, once again, I'm a clown. <laughs> you just like you just like try to sneak and like you just you're clowning right exactly it's like, it's like it's just like very slowly <laughs> if i can sneak up on you i think i have a good shot because i can just you know phase into you while you're a hand and not paying attention but i think you actually have pretty good defenses the problem is i don't know aside from the get me stuck in the door and slam yourself method i don't know how you can actually deal with me in any sort of permanent manner well, do we? If I manage the trapping in the mirror thing, is that defeat? It feels like defeat. Doesn't feel great. I don't know how I would trap you in the mirror. I don't either. Though. I mean, I think if you're sent, I think if you're like a sentient, I guess you could rephase out of the door yeah. or something. I don't know. I, I feel like if the arm gets caught in the door and the door just very quickly opens and shuts, that does a lot of damage <laughs> yeah. to Ben. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So what are like what percentages are for this? I have no idea. It, I, I'd like put like I was like my my initial impression was gonna be like eighty twenty, but now that we've talked about it, I'm like not even sure what's. I I don't left. either. I think it's actually pretty even. I don't and I, either. Did, I did not expect that to be the case. <laughs> like I think so. I think I think the favor. I think it's slightly in my favor just because you are only reactive, right? Right. I feel like yeah. I can only win if you attack me first. Right. And like like. It, it requires me to overcommit, basically. So I I would say it's like it's like sixty forty, or maybe like fifty five forty five. I don't know. I think it's pretty close, but I think it's a little my favorite because I have the like proactive role in the fight. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's all right. So that one's fifty five forty five. So then 
which one is the most likely to we, we we talked about like we picked me and ben first as like kind of natural enemies are any of these you know who fights who first most likely i i think that's the most like almost definitely the first one just because chris is reactive i'm reactive and i might just also be disguised as a door in the beginning that's also <laughs> true or a hand who knows plenty of options Ooh, what if what if uh Marcus's hand gets cut off, and I disguise myself as his hand. <laughs> and you, you make him attach you to his body? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that helps me. I don't think it does. I guess I control his hand, I guess. I don't know. What if I what if I what if I cut off Chris's hand and then he becomes a door and then I reattach the fist to the door and now he can punch you with his door frame? <laughs> he can open himself. How scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the first fight is is the compromiser versus Dalmati Bonk. I agree with that, I think. I don't see a strong reason why why either myself or or Marcus would go for uh good go talk to the hand uh first. Alright. So I'll say that's m- most of the fights are that and then some of the time the other ones happen. And then let me give me a second to multiply some numbers together because I somehow do it slightly different every time I do this to find out what the win percentages are based on what we've talked about. And then once you figure those out, we're going to spin a wheel. Do we have the spinner ready? I do. Please add up to one. Please add up to one. Yes. Cool. Percentages. So here the, here's the win percentage after after my deep calculations. With a with the least but surprisingly decent chance to win at 19.8% is, of course, the Compromiser. I did not expect that uh, Handyman would would not be last going into this, and yet here we are. Yeah, it was because we're fifty fifty against each other. Yeah, and I have a better chance against you. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Plus, the one thing, the one card I didn't pull because I don't think it actually applies to our to how we do our Central Park setup is probably what he would do is just go by his typical standards and try to get you guys arrested. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like. Every other fight in Central Park, if the cops would come, would have been resolved by the cops coming, at which point it would ruin that whole setup. So I, I'm going to ignore that. Anyway. And we both are criminals. That is, you guys that are is both true. Criminals, which means I hate you both. Anyway, next up is Handyman with 36.9% win chance. 36.9. That's actually pretty decent. It's not bad. It should be 43.3 if my math is appropriate. 43.4. I don't know what the rounding is. You said you you were nineteen point eight. Yeah, it might just be decimal places. Four three 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 six nine. Yeah, what we're seeing on the website here definitely adds up to a hundred point one percent. Ah, okay. Well, I'm gonna give. Yeah, you know, I'll give the compromiser the extra point one. That seems fair. If I oh, if I can sweet. get it there, that's a good compromise. <laughs> the compromiser's ever heard one. Did that work yet? I don't know if that worked out, but whatever. We're good. <laughs> it's close enough. You should be able to take two points point two percent away from compromiser. Yeah, I can't type in the number. I have to drag these oh. when it gets all like finicky got it well no one else can see what we're doing on this on the spin while just just us none of our audience can see it so all right let's see who, our, who our winner is wait did you say all the percentages i think you did kind of but in a oh, weird way i don't think it directly said almighty bonks but it's it's 43.1 yeah the almighty bonk 43.3 percent compromiser 19.8 handyman 36.8 okay here we go i'm gonna spin the wheel Oh my god, so tense, so tense, so tense, so tense. Hey. Mighty Bonk. <laughs> <laughs> way, to, way, to, way, to, way to drum up the suspense, Chris. Yeah, there's no like sound effect. <laughs> there should be a sound effect. Well, I mean, you're the editor for the episode. But no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, don't add anything in. Find a wheel um, sound effect. We're, we're supposed to pretend that it's very, very exciting. Anyway, it is exciting because the Mighty Bonk 
has defeated his two competitors. Ben, tell us how this how this goes, how this looks. Oh, how does this go? So I think I think that it definitely, you know, everyone shows up. I do think that Handyman is just being a door. Like I think that's, you know, <laughs> just just his initial reaction is like, I'm clearly I'm clearly not prepared for this sort of uh, you know, argle bargle here. So let me just go blend it over here. And he just goes and he's like He's like a weird, like extra door on a porta potty. Somehow he didn't think it through that well, but we didn't notice, so it's okay. A door on the side of the porta potty. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, it's it doesn't make any sense, but but no one notices because there's a very angry clown and then some dude with a yelling machete who are like squaring up right now. So that's kind of distracting everyone. And I I do think that the compromiser goes in for the knife throw, and I think that you know when the knives are pulled out, Almighty Bonk sort of does his, his good old trickeration and sort of shifts like, you know, his central organ sort of down into his legs and out into his arms a little bit and kind of just like takes the knives right in the chest and sort of like laughs it off and does a weird little like clown dance thing. I don't know what clowns do. <laughs> Take knives to the chest and then dance. Yeah, apparently. Sure, why not? And he does the cool thing where like after that happens, he like sort of phases out and the knives like clatter to the ground. It's really impressive. And then, you know, I, I think that uh, Compromise sort of pulls the machete out and charges in and Audie Bonk kind of finishes facing out and sort of slips around him and then does the very dramatic, like, pushes the arm up through the chest and faces back in, like, holding his heart or something. I don't know. We'll go with that. That sounds cool. The heart I could totally reattach if I wasn't already dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just... it's the power it's, sucks. His, his greatest weakness is the fact that he, you know has to do something for it to work <laughs> at this point obviously handyman is is just like you know shitting bricks which is convenient because he's at the porta potty and i i think that uh this is the point where Amadi bot kind of looks around and realizes that there's a porta potty with two doors on it one of which is kind of you know quivering a little bit and thinks that something might be of so they make eye contact or however you make eye contact with the door i don't know <laughs> At the keyhole. Keyhole, yeah. Of the porta potty. The, the, the little like like um thing that says it was the occupied, like switches around to occupied, and he's like, You're not fooling me. And then I think at that point he switches back into a hand and tries to square up. And I think that he does successfully do the like, you know, blow away Almighty Bonk the first time when he tries to come in. But um at that point, you know, I, I think that once again he can kind of just like distract him with, you know, a squirt of water from the flower on his chest or something. I don't know. He wasn't expecting that. Who knows? And then is able to get him to hold still long enough to, to get in there and, and phase right on in and, and take care of business. So there we have it. Almighty Bonk, winner of the fight. It turns out the one obviously good power was the one obviously good power. <laughs> <laughs> Who there was a chance it, it could have gone differently. There was actually more than I expected. And with that startling conclusion, we move on to our Would You Rather question of the Dish Show. Of the what show? The Dish Show. Of the show. <laughs> I, I got stuck between day and show and said, just show. <laughs> ben, you won, so you get to answer first. Cool. Would you rather find all your missing socks or never lose your favorite pen again? Does this require me to have a favorite? No, I actually have a favorite pen. Even though I never write with pens, I do have a favorite pen. I don't have a favorite pen. Oh, you better start thinking. Man, if I, so if I found Okay, hold on. Cuz I think that <laughs> I think that the way I originally interpreted this is not the way it was intended on the finding the missing socks. 
do you mean that when I lose a sock, I always find it? Or do you mean that one day I open my closet and then in there is a box or like a box of like 300 socks that I've lost throughout the years? That's how I interpreted it. That's 100% yeah, let's not how do I interpreted it. Because that's dumb and stupid, but hilarious. So let's say you never lose socks again. You 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 do your laundry, you you put your socks in pairs, yeah. and you're never short. Or like like maybe you do lose them, but like you always find them like they're just in the drawer the next day. It's like, oh yeah, they were there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really useful. Handy. Like like always having a pen. Yeah, it's really nice. But you don't always have the pen on you, you just always know where it is. That's actually not as useful. Easy choice for me. So I think personally, this might be, you know, showing my hand a decent amount here. I don't particularly care what pen I use. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it would be nice. So the one advantage, all right, if it's a specific pen that you always do, you know, whichever one is your favorite, you never lose. As long as you always intend to keep it on you, you will always have a pen with you, which is kind of useful. Yeah. I also think what this question comes down to is basically lose less pens or lose less socks. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So if you lose socks, you have to buy more socks. If you lose pens, you have to buy more pens. So I guess the the plain devil's advocate here, point in favor of the pens. So I generally try to keep many socks on hand because I wear them quite frequently. And I feel like, you know, yes, I lose socks. But if I get down to where I only have, you know, six pairs of socks or whatever, I just buy more socks. I never like at risk of not having socks, right? Unless I don't do laundry for a really long time or whatever, which this also still wouldn't help. I know where they all are. They'd all be my, my hamper. So there is more benefit to like having the pen on hand, I guess, kind of. Marcus, do you have any thoughts? I've been, I've been debate, I've been thinking about gaming this system a little bit is what I've been trying to come and I haven't decided which one's better yet. You haven't, because you haven't been thinking about what's a better story? <laughs> no, I've been thinking about what's a better story. The thing is, two things, you can buy a really nice pen or you get some really cool socks and not worry about losing them. Like, you don't want to buy a crazy good pair of socks because it's just like you're just throwing money out the window. You're just going to lose those socks. Same thing with a, like a pen. You just like, and I think the upside is higher for pens. I think if you got like, because now you can make it a thing. You can go and you can go try out a couple different pens until you find the cool pen that just feels really good and writes really nice. And then you can just always use that pen. And I, I don't know about you, Ben. You just say use whatever pen. But you know when you're using a good pen. That is true. It does make a difference. That is a good point. Also, socks will still wear out. So you'll still have to buy new socks. Yeah. I was going to say that too. And your pen still runs out of ink. So you have to like buy new ink and stuff. That is true. Yeah. I... The probably the biggest relief for the socks things would be just like buying socks less often because I don't care about buying socks and also the not worrying like whenever I do laundry especially because we live like in a in like an apartment so we're like on the third floor so we carry our laundry up and down so I always feel like I'm gonna lose socks in the hallway like they're just gonna fall out of the hamper and I'm gonna lose socks that way or get stuck in the machine and then of course it's it's shared laundry so those are all gonna go away so I have like it's slightly like incredibly slightly stressful to do laundry vis-a-vis losing socks keeping an eye on socks so that tiny minor stress would be gone that said i've had more times where i've panicked where working at home i can't find one gosh dang pen that writes like a at all so yeah i was gonna I'm, say i'm leaning towards pen myself right now i agree i was gonna say that i've never really find myself in a place where i need socks and i can't find them because i don't have extra 
but I that happens to me all the time with pens. Like, if I need to write something down, I don't have a pen with me because, like, maybe I lent it to someone they didn't give it back, which I consider losing. Or you just don't, you just didn't bring a pen with you. But if, I guess you could still not bring a pen with you. So I guess that doesn't really solve that. This isn't life change. This is this is minor convenience. These are very, really minor conveniences. This is really a would you rather. This isn't a wh- which one is correct because the other one makes your life miserable. This is like, hey, which one would you rather yeah. do? Which, which you know gut feeling? I'm going to go with socks. I just don't use pens that often. I'm not going to lie, guys. Yeah. Now, I was thinking the flip side now. I use socks way more than I use pens. <laughs> yeah. They're both, they're both super minor and... I get really annoyed finding like three lone socks, none of which match each other somehow in my sock drawer. So screw it. I'll take the socks. I say pens are more of a vanity thing. If you get like, a, if you have a favorite pen that's like a really nice looking pen, then more people will see it. People aren't really going to see your socks and they won't really notice if you're not wearing socks under your shoes. They might notice a little bit and it might think you're a little weird, but for the most part, I don't think they'll notice. It's more of a comfort thing for you if you don't have socks to wear, which. I'm going to go with the comfort answer. So I, I, I choose socks. Right. And you're, you're confirming your pen decision, Marcus? Yeah, I'm going to confirm my pen. One, one other weird thing in this, like, you know, everyone talks about, like, how can, you, how, do, how can you possibly lose so many socks in the laundry? It doesn't make any sense. That one never really clicked with me. The one that really clicked with me is, when's the last time you remember using up a pencil? Oh, never. When's the last time I used a pencil? Growing up, like, you know. I always used mechanical pencils when I was growing up. Because I preferred them. I usually did too. Through like college, high school, or like all the way through like since way back. I mean, at some point, there, there I was used a time in your life pens. when you use a fair number of pencils. It, 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 unless I'm just crazy and wrong. Anyway, what what clicked for me is, hey, I don't ever remember getting a pencil down to the eraser, but I also distinctly remember buying like 48 packs of pencils and never throwing out a half-used pencil. So theoretically, there should still be 48 pencils. You know, all the pencils I've ever bought should still be around because I've never thrown any of them out or used them all the way up. But I have no pencils. I think I <laughs> remember using pencils that became not sharper, like they broke while I was writing them and I didn't have a sharpener around me. So I just kind of just tossed it aside and got a new pencil. But that old pencil still exists. I don't know. That's the one that clicked for me. Maybe I'm just crazy. <laughs> and if I am crazy, I'm going to need some good help in becoming not crazy. And one way that you can help is financially through our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash absurd hypotheticals. It is just for a singular dollar. You can unlock all the additional content that is behind the, the very, very steep paywall there. And every month we release a bonus episode. Um, so you can listen to us chat about more and more things. If you want to help out in a free way, uh, one of the best ways is to leave a review for the show. It helps us get seen by more people. It helps grow the audience and it helps us, you know, which encourages us to continue making the show for you. And uh, if you want to become part of the show, send us a question. If you have a crazy hypothetical question that you came up with or has been in your head for ages and you want to get a definitive scientific answer on it, or if something stupid we said on the show today just made you think of a different question, send it to us. Send us an email at absurdhypotheticals at gmail.com and we are more than happy to take listener questions and use them on the show in any case you are more than welcome to join us next week where we answer the following question it's not just one question it's three questions we're doing a grab bag and it's about power